0: You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest-growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined today by Lynn Godfrey, who is the Chief Experience Officer of Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Lynn, thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure, Laurel. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Tell us what does a chief experience officer of a leukemia and lymphoma society do?
1: So a chief experience officer is a fancy way of saying I lead marketing and communications <laughs> for this uh, 70-year-old storied um nonprofit. Um LLS is is, is because it can be somewhat of a tongue twister to say leukemia and lymphoma, and we are much more than those two blood cancers. But LLS, so just make things easier, um, has been around as I said for over 70 years, and we are laser focused on driving not just cancer cures, but really um, first and foremost being there during all points of the journey for blood cancer patients. There are about over 140 different blood cancer types, wow. leukemia and lymphoma, um, as well as myeloma are certainly the most notable, I, I should say, or I don't want to, or most well known out of the 140 and 150. And even though blood cancer is somewhat rare out of all the cancers, it is one of the deadliest. And I think it ranks in the top five in terms of cancer killers. So I, I wanted just to give some background and context for that. Of but course. for for me, my role, I, I came on board to the organization um about two years ago, about seven, eight weeks prior to the COVID shutdown. And, you know, my charge was to see how we can take this terrific organization and really make the team in, uh, mindful of what's happening in the external world and really reflect the modern marketing and, and brand landscape, meaning... You know, uh, clearly the pivot and proliferation of digital channels, increased segmentation of audiences, heightened expectations in the part of consumers to get the messages they want, when they want, how they want, without the intrusion of ads, which we've certainly seen with with the rise of streaming over the past year and a half or two years. Right. So really, my role is, number one, is to make sure that our organization is hyper focused and driven by our very complex and d- diverse constituent audience. Our number one priority are patients. Um, we're we're there to serve them, and with within that world, there are patients, there are their ca- caregivers, families, and friends. There are healthcare providers. A lot of times, we have patients who come to us for help and resources, and then because of that relationship, it, they turn into fundraisers or donors, or even pivot into advocacy. So having a constituent-driven focus, not just for our department, but for the whole organization is critical. And so to that end, it's really about making sure we know everything there is to know about the audiences we serve, what resonates with them, and how can we ensure that we're telling a compelling story that really is gonna connect with them so that they're prompted to get engaged with us, whether that's to, as a patient, use, our various um, information or resource services, call our information, our, our IRC hotline, uh, get involved in clinical trials, whatever the case may be, whatever is urgent for that patient. But it's also, as I said, be prompted to to fundraise for us, to donate, um, to volunteer, to advocate, um, because while we're driven by this mission of of ultimately conquering blood cancer, as you could well imagine, it takes a whole lot of resources for that for us to deliver on that. So yeah,
0: it's amazing. And I I have to say, it's so refreshing to hear this marketing focused conversation from a nonprofit. I know you've been around for a very long time. But as you know, a lot of nonprofits don't understand the power and the value of marketing, and not only um, do does LLS really understand that, but you've taken it a step further and you've even modernized it into what is current on trend for marketing, which is that personalization aspect. Yeah. Um, is, was that something that you came into and have been the champion? How long have you been at LLS?
1: Um, it, it literally has been a, a little shy of two years. I, I started in January of twenty twenty. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. So that literally was maybe six or seven weeks before we went on a shutdown. But prior to to, um, LLS, I was at the Girl Scouts of the USA for about five, six years, and then Red Cross, et cetera. So, yes, I have had the benefit of of being part of really very um, storied um, and, um, This just amazing uh, heritage brands. It's yeah. Her- thank you very much. Yeah. It's, it's late in the day, probably. Heritage <laughs> brands. And so, um, but I will, and so to that end, I think you're, I think you're right overall. I think, especially when I first made this transition to nonprofit, which is about 12, 13 years ago, I was somewhat of a anomaly because I had a for-profit, I had for-profit experience. I came from that makes world sense. background. Mm-hmm. And that was somewhat of a novelty. But I think a lot of, or many nonprofits are realizing that in order for them to not just survive, but to thrive in this new landscape we're in, particularly now, you you really need to apply, quote unquote, traditional business practices. And it shouldn't be considered a dirty word, right. because while our tax status defines us as a nonprofit. And certainly we have a, a core mission, a cause, you know, social impact mission that drives us. The fact is, we we as a nonprofit industry share many goals without our for-profits. We want to reach key audiences with our service or if you want to say products, you want to reach them in a way that, again, is credible and authentic and relevant for them. So they'll be willing to take action. In this instance, it's use our services and donate because in order, and fundraise slash donate, because it's through that, that donation and that charitable giving that we're able to deliver on our mission. So while we're not literally selling a product, we it, I, I think for nonprofits, getting that level of engagement and loyalty and, and developing that relationship is more crucial um, than ever. And I think we've seen that this past few years. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so how do you think that nonprofits in general, because I know that you're in that world, had done a better job since the pandemic because they've been, by necessity, forced into more of a digital landscape? Because I feel like that was a big part of that conversation was, well, we're old school, right? Nonprofits are right. old school. We don't have the money to invest in digital transformation, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I also know that dollars have been harder to come by uh, for some nonprofits. So I would love your perspective on how the pandemic has changed both the technical aspects of fundraising and the actual uh, outcome money-wise.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think those organizations that realized pre-pandemic that they needed to make that investment, and and it's a sizable for sure, a long-term investment in in those CR, CRM tech platforms and technologies that will enable them to have better insight and understanding in terms of who are the audiences you know that they want to who are part of their community and how to and how to enhance the, those relationships. They certainly were well were more well prepared for this pandemic than those who did not or could not make those types of investments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and as you mentioned, it is, it's, it's no small feat to, to allocate or to have the financial resources to, to make those type of investments. Um, I certainly, when I was at Girl Scouts, that was definitely, um, that was definitely a priority, but. Oh, even prior to COVID though, because, um, the landscape has changed so dramatically and people's overall consumers. Um, expectations of brands have, have changed. They have greater expectations as, again, that they want more personalized experiences. They expect you to know and understand wh- not just what they want, but what they experienced in the past, what was their past way that they, they were involved with you. Mm-hmm. And I think COVID and, the, and the, the, our dependency or increased dependency on Amazon, on Netflix, etc where you know they make recommendations you watch this how about this i mean it's just now become part overall i think it's the the cost of entry you you need to ha- come with that level of understanding and appreciation and if you're not if you can't or you at least don't make the effort to do so then unfortunately i think a lot of organizations will be struggling more so than others
0: i agree with that we're going to take a really quick break when we'll be right back
1: Who says you've got to be big
0: to get things done? We know that size matters in some things, but in other things like marketing, a small and scrappy team like Elevate My Brand can really take your brand to the next level. Our job is to create visibility so you can create profitability. Give us a call today and let's schmooze. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I'm chatting with Lynn Godfrey, who is the Chief Experience Officer for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, or LLS. Before the break, we were talking about how COVID has impacted nonprofits as a whole. And we are both in full agreement that it's kind of like a, you got to get on board or you're going to lose out situation. And I, I, I feel bad for the nonprofits that weren't that technically savvy, but I, we've been screaming this from the rooftops for so long because let's be honest, a lot of these heritage nonprofits um, donors are frankly dying out. Like That's why, one of the main reasons why it's important to uh, modernize your marketing. Do you agree?
1: Um, I would agree. And I would also say that while your, your stalwart, whoever your core donors have been, the great News for nonprofits is that uh, Gen Z, millennials certainly, but Gen Z, you know, or, or the or the majority of the public are make decisions about brands they want to associate with, or brands they purchase, or who they want to give their dollars to based on the impact that they're making. Mm-hmm. It's much more than the actual product and service. It's what are the values and ethical choices of the organization? What's the level of transparency? How through my purchase or use of your service, what does that say about me as a person? How can I show I'm making an impact? In which case, nonprofits overall are the really well positioned to tap into that shifting sentiment. Mm-hmm. So that is all the more reason why even if you cannot afford uh, to make the sizable investment yourself in CRM, there are things that you can do, I believe, to to have a better understanding of the audiences that you have, as well as the audiences that you hope to um, bring in or attract. Right. And I'm well, a big believer in research to that end.
0: Totally. I was going to say, even something as simple as tying your donor or future donor base in through like an Amazon, as you mentioned earlier, there's yeah, a giving component right. to Amazon where you can, I want to say it's like a roundup or something or a percentage of whatever you purchase on that platform. If you go through a nonprofit specific URL, you end up donating to that nonprofit without even having to think about it. Those are the kinds of things that need to be implemented, uh, you know, by by nonprofits in general.
1: Yeah. Amazon smile. I would also say oh, yes, exactly. a very, you know, Facebook um, is, for example, one of the most effective ways to fundraise is, is especially when you talk about peer-to-peer fundraising. You're talking about it's, micro
0: donations?
1: Yeah, yeah micro donations, mm-hmm. and it's through Facebook platforms or ones like that, right? Where, hey, for my birthday, for my anniversary, don't give me a gift. I would prefer you make a donation to this organization in my name. Mm-hmm. And so you don't necess- you as an organization don't necessarily have to make that investment in a platform, but you can certainly encourage again the the people within your network or your your community to to fundraise on your behalf, um, and and obviously as part of that is making the strong case as to why they need your help in doing so. Absolutely. Um, so and then there are brands um, who are really interested, especially now, depending on you know it's, and depending on um, what your your nonprofit service is and the audiences that you serve. There are lots of brands who are looking to affiliate and develop partnerships to address social justice issues, health inequity or disparities, um, the, the gap with young people in education. All, there are so many issues that COVID really sh- or gaps that the COVID that, that the pandemic shone a light on that if you're an organization that is in some way doing your part to fuel that gap, it's an opportunity for corporate um, partnerships.
0: 100%. I think corporate partnerships are a really important conversation and brand partnerships. So, one of the things that we've always done, I mean, since the inception of our agency side, um, is, you know, brands come to us and they're like, we need to get in front of more people. We need to talk to more people. And I'm like, well, what does your charitable, uh, you know, giving situation look like? Or what are your uh, strategic charitable partnerships look like? And oftentimes it's crickets. And so even Mm. by swapping out a different nonprofit on a quarterly basis for these bigger brands or for these startup brands, even who are looking to get in front of new eyeballs that don't know, like, or trust them yet, it's a really fabulous way to leverage a known market of like-minded individuals and do good in the process. So it's a win-win for everyone. And as far as I'm concerned, we've been we've been touting those kinds of partnerships from the from the rooftop forever because it's just mm. the right thing to do.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that because it's to your point, it's for for the nonprofit. It's a great way to get your name exposure to different audiences and leverage your the partners, platforms and channels to do that. And I, and as you mentioned, the win for the for-profit or brand is, you know, have that um, halo effect, Mm -hmm. that association and say, okay, actually these are my company values and ethics and they're aligned with, with yours. So you sort of give that sense of assurance and trust.
0: Absolutely. And I love what you were saying earlier about how generationally it's really a table stake really at this point. And I totally agree with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that that the millennials Gen Z and Gen Alpha after them, are the ones that are going to be really voting with their dollars, right? They're going to be telling you what brands matter to them um, because they only will invest and spend money uh, on brands that are doing good in the world or uh, significantly not doing damage, right? Um, right. footprints, like all of those, uh, all of those carbon footprint issues are major, major because it affects them, their children, their children's children. So That's I think right. you're absolutely right that, uh, we're gonna see major impact generally generationally as it relates to nonprofit giving.
1: You know, and, and to that end, I, I just say take it a step further and I immediately think of Greta Thunberg. Of course. Who, you know, who's who's been saying whatever is going to be happening with climate, I've given up on politicians, blah, blah, blah. I mean <laughs> we're articulating that action speak a lot of the words. I don't want to hear pithy tagline or ad campaign or pledges. Show me the actions that you're taking. And I think that's just representative of the expectation that especially her generation, but even the broader public has. Mm, Yeah, yeah. it's it's nice what you're saying, but if it doesn't align with your actions, then then there's a problem.
0: Well, also, a lot of those brands, especially on the large corporate entity side, were doing it for... Performative sake, right? They were doing it because they thought that it was good optics. They thought it was good PR, but they were actually full of you know what, and not really walking that talk or giving the tiniest percentage just so they could, uh, you know, you know, greenwash or whatever wash the 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 brand that they uh, that maybe had some bad PR that they needed to cover up on.
1: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And 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 to that end, your employees, Mm. they're they've become a whole other audience that you have to be mindful of so true um especially when you think of rep you know reputational management and crises and and also championing your 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 brand message yeah, it's really holistic
0: employees. it yep. has to come from within from above from below from inside and outside the organization uh, I think you know the word authenticity is overused as far as I'm concerned but authenticity transparency all of those things are so critical um, and will become more so I hope. Um, And I think we're seeing that happen actually with, um, you know, with the pandemic and with people standing up and saying, you know, this is right, this is wrong. Um, I'm voting with their, with their dollars.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh, I'm with you.
0: (laughs) I love it. Uh, We'll take another quick break. We'll be right back. Hi guys, me again. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about our award-winning marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We're a full service digital and experiential agency, meaning we do it all. From event management to content creation, branding, web design, and social media, we're a small but scrappy team of both data nerds and quirky creatives, and we're here to make you look good. After this episode, let's chat about how we can elevate your brand and take you to the next level. All right. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm chatting with Lynn Godfrey, who is the Chief Experience Officer for LLS. Um, We didn't get into too much about your, um, your the future of LLS and what you're working on right now, how people can support you. So I want to make sure that we drill down on that. I know Giving Tuesday and the whole giving season is coming up. So how can people get involved and support this amazing organization and share with us a bit more about the details of what you do?
1: Ah, thank you, Laura. I appreciate that. So um, let me just say this. I, I know there are so many choices, really wonderful organizations doing great work, serving many different people and causes. So, we're one of many. And so for, for that reason, it's, it's my, my, for me and my team, it really has been let, let's hone in on, and really demonstrating that transparency of where do your dollars go, where, how do we put them mm-hmm. to work? Cause I think mm-hmm. that's important. And that a lot of people, when they're making those decisions about their use of their dollars and where they're going and how they're used, they want to see what the, the impact is. So for on LLS's side, it's interesting because we have, three key pillars where we invest um, fundraising dollars. The first is research. I mean, um, and and, and it's interesting that COVID has brought this to light because there had been gaps in research, but research on new treatments and new protocols, not just for cures, but to be honest, to extend the life of someone who's battling cancer is absolutely critical. And clinical trials are part of that research process. But all of that costs, costs dollars and i can say that lls i think uh, r- just in the last 2 years um roughly 87% of the fda approved blood cancer treatments were funded through lls so wow that's incredible yeah it, it it really is um and so when you're when we're asking for those dollars um for you to support us it's going to innovative research to Yes, ultimately lead to to cures, but in the meantime, making a du- direct impact on families so that they have one more holiday season, they have a graduation, they make it to another five years, ten years, fifteen years, of which is priceless. The the second is providing really important programs and services to patients, everything from how do you navigate the healthcare system to I am interested in a clinical trial. How do I get connected to, we found this to be the case over the past two years. I need some financial relief. I I need to get my medications or transportation. And so we provide a whole slew of resources that directly go to impact patients to try to help their journey be um, much smoother or easier. And then the third is advocacy. And really that's about what can we do to to ensure that patients, because the cost of Cancer. Well, cost of healthcare in general astronomical. Astronomical, yeah. and then you add on top of that cancer costs, which are in the can be in the millions. And so, for people to have access to trustworthy, um, equitable insurance options, and making sure there's legislative policy that is supporting. Um, that on the healthcare level is, is an area that we over the, certainly over the past 10 or 15 years have ratcheted up our support as well. So those are three areas that really hone in on where your dollars are going to are going to. But, um, but I will say what I, my team and I are doing is now layering in our own investment in CRM platform Salesforce being one of them, uh, leveraging a lot of the research that we've done over the past year, segmentation research.
0: And you're doing a bunch of like rebranding content marketing-wise, it's exciting. Yes,
1: exactly. And, and saying, okay, we understand if you're interested in children's cancers and how do you move the needle there, then we can tailor our messages because we, we have a huge initiative around um, changing the whole paradigm about how children are treated for, for cancers. Um, so we're able to customize messaging and content based on the audience, what's their, what, are, what are their motivations, what's inspiring them to give, what is it they want to learn more about, but also what impact do they personally want to make, mm. um, whether that's advocacy or children or healthcare disparities between underserved communities, etc. So we're, we're putting a lot of, uh, in the time that I've been here, a lot more consumer insights to work for us when it comes to development of creative and the the targeting of specific audiences with those messages.
0: I love that you said all of that didn't mention the website or donation. So I'm going to do that on your behalf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh my um, gosh. Yes. LLS.org. <laughs> um, there are many ways that you can support us. Uh, Giving Tuesday is certainly one, but you can give directly to LLS through LLS.org. You can fundraise for us if you so choose. And we have a lot of tools and information on how to do that on our website. Um, you can join numerous campaigns that we have. One, in we're in the midst of light the night. Um, others that are coming up are um, the big climb where or, or, or a team in training where you can, if you're a, a sports enthusiast, you can say, hey, I'm going to run a marathon and I'm going to raise money at the same time. So we offer a whole... Uh, Potpourri of uh, ways to support our organization,
0: and I love—and this is just the marketer in me—but that you have a three-letter URL is so baller. Lls dot org. It's like every marketer's dream.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so well, good. Yeah.
0: Um so I want to make sure that um you know we've covered everything that's of import as it relates to the work that you do because it is so important and I just want to reiterate to everyone who's listening in that the holiday season is coming up we don't need more stuff and for those of you that know me I love stuff but I I feel like this year is the year to give and if you find any organization that speaks to your heart, or if you don't have one that's near and dear to you, LLS is doing such important work. I really uh, suggest that you all make a donation yourself. Um, ask your friends and family to support uh, like through one of those Facebook um, fundraisers that Lynn was mentioning or get involved yourself. So that's just my call out based on what we've seen the last couple of years and the amazing work that you're doing and the the real impact you're having in, in fighting what's currently happening with uh, leukemia and lymphoma for adults and for children. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing, Lynn.
1: Well, thank you, Laurel. I much appreciate it. And I'll just do a quick thank you to our supporters because I have to say over the past year, we've had an amazing year of fundraising. I think we've exceeded our goal by 60% or so. So wow. uh, yeah, we, we, not just amongst our core uh, donor base, but also we've expanded as well. So a huge thanks to <laughs> to all of you out there who have, have given of your resources. Um, we know there are lots of other choices um, or decisions you could be making. So we appreciate it. Thanks, Lynn. It.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking your time to share your mission and your message with us today. Uh, we really appreciate your time.
1: Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand, coming up next.